Welcome, listeners. Today, we are kicking off a special and new series entitled Beyond Bots, the real impact of AI on financial services, brought to you by our friends at Entropy. As a reminder, Entropy is the most accurate financial data standardization and enrichment API. They can take in any data source, any geography, and understand slash enrich a financial transaction in milliseconds. Made for developers for fast, easy implementation. Check out their product at entropy.com. Well, today I have a special return guest to the Code Story podcast, Nare from Entropy, the founder of Entropy. She's coming back to us to talk about the future of Entropy and uh, some really interesting things in the industry. Nare, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Our audience loved my interview with you and talking about entropy. So really excited to dive in more now today. Before we get too far, though, remind the audience about what entropy does. In a nutshell, entropy is building what we call transaction intelligence. So we help businesses. This can be software companies or banks, financial institutions, fintechs, understand their customers via their transactions. We clean, categorize, enrich transaction data. And we've been doing this for the last two and a half years. We believe that the information that lives in your transaction data on what you spend your money on is the biggest leverage to create better financial lives globally. Doing some really cool things at Entropy. And, you know, we've talked a little bit offline about some of the cool things. We're going to dive into those today. But before we do, I think we probably need to set some definitions here. So a term that comes into play when we talk about entropy is how you are using large language models. And for anyone in the audience that doesn't know what an LLM is, large language model, tell me what that is and and give me a little bit of a foundational definition there. I think this is a really important topic to start with because no matter what you talk about to people in the industry today, both in software and financial services, large language models and what you can do with large language models comes up as a topic. What are the use cases? What are the limitations? How you can leverage them? Open source models, privately trained models, and finally, commercial big models that are coming to market, starting from OpenAI and Tropic, Cohere, and a few others that we're seeing are getting funded. At Entropy, we have been developing language models and have a team that has been specialized in this. But these were models that were specifically trained uh, to perform one task, understand financial transactions like a human would or with a superhuman accuracy. Now, if you think about that task, very similar to a common sense task, because to understand a transaction, you have to have an understanding about the world and context about what's happening to be able to assign a clean merchant, understand some information about that merchant, and also figure out what the label or the category for a transaction is. The same transaction, you buying a salad at Sweet Green, for instance, can be labeled from a business point of view, an employee expense. It can be labeled as revenue for the business, and it can also be labeled as food shopping or cafes if you're a consumer. So you have to have a really good common sense understanding as a model to be able to differentiate these things in separate contexts. For large language models, I think what we are really, really excited, surprised as general consumers and technologists and anybody in the space really is, these are essentially deep learning techniques and architectures uh, specifically for natural language processing that are trained on attention mechanisms and transformers. They have been around for ages. 
However, since the first paper, some time has passed. However, they've never been trained on so much data and at that big of a scale. That's why the performance that we are seeing today is way better than any of the pre-trained transformers we have seen before. A large language model or the GPT variations of large language models that are the most popular right now are essentially pre-trained transformer models on a humongous corpus of data. And what these companies who pre-trained them discovered is if you add more scale, if you add more GPUs, if you add more data, the intuition and the common sense of the model becomes way better. Now, what do they do and tasks that they can perform today? Essentially, the key thing they're trying to do is very simple. They try to predict the next word from previous words and from what they've been trained on. And so often, a lot of people who are especially skeptical about this call them simple next token predictors. You cannot rely on them. These are not AGIs or artificial agents that have general intelligence. This is what you hear a lot. But then on the other hand, we hear that people are worried about what they can do and of them getting very intelligent. So yes, the technique is simple. They try to predict the next token, but because of the data that they've been trained on, they're very, very good at it. So they can generate human sounding text and they can also analyze data sets within a certain context very, very well. Actually, if you ask GPT-4, you will get a fantastic definition of LLMs and what they're good at and what they're not good at, which demonstrates this capability of getting context and then being able to generate text by predicting the next word. That's super interesting. And you mentioned this several times in your in your description around the data that's that's being used. For entropy, what sort of data sets are your models pre-trained on? And and honestly, like how long does that take to really get to a point where you have a large language model that's trained? So we've been training internally for a while, small language models. They are small in comparison to the models that you see that are commercially available right now, the OpenAI, the Anthropics, the Coheres. They have been trained billions of transactions, but essentially transaction data only because we were specializing them for a specific task. What we're doing at Entropy right now, and what we discovered when we got access to large language models and uh, saw the capability is that this scale and this human-like intuition almost is very, very useful both for the specific task that we train small language models on, but also for tasks in financial services that go beyond that. So what can you do once you have a clean and categorized data? You can build insights on top of it. You can ask questions about the data. You can figure out outliers from that data using this analytics capability. So you can do many, many things. And there are many, many use cases. So we very, very quickly started to spend a lot of time or adapt on adapting some of these models for their internal use case and tasks or combining them with our current small language model uh, stack, but also thinking beyond and what can be useful for our customers who are in the financial services space to use the models that are available commercially right now. This is super exciting. And, you know, in doing this, you obviously gain a lot of, you know, a really, essentially a really smart machine, a really smart engine, but it costs, right? It costs to train these models to understand all this types of data or this even this specific type of transaction data. So tell me about the cost of training and where does it factor into what you offer with Entropy? Yeah, so it's it's super, super costly to train a language model on a vast corpus of data, especially the sizes that we're seeing with OpenAI and others. Our models were costly to train as well. I mean, we 
spend millions on this and acquired a lot of data to be able to do that. However, what we're focused on is actually optimizing the unit economics so that the value of what the model provides on a specific task can be justified by the cost. I think that's a big, big problem that has to be addressed because for certain tasks, it makes sense. For others, if you're processing billions of transactions in real time, sending them to a model like GPT-4, for instance, does not make much sense, neither from a cost perspective or latency perspective. So we spend a lot of time on right now, not so much thinking about how much more we're going to spend on training, but even maintaining the pre-trade models and the GPU costs, etc. How is that going to reflect on the different use cases and on the bottom line of our customers? Um, I think this this is very important, especially for private companies like us who have a smaller scale and resources who are trying to consider using some of these new technologies. So you mentioned latency in, in what you were describing as a factor, right? Can you talk about latency specifically as a key factor in this process? So latency is something that really matters for the end user experience. If you're talking to a live co-pilot as a user, you're expecting an answer straight away. Straight away can be within a second or two, maybe a bit more if the users have the patience. If you are trying to authorize a transaction and figure out whether it's fraudulent or not, for instance, or get more information about the merchant to then pull that information into your decision agent engine to figure out whether it's fraudulent or not. Then you have milliseconds and sometimes under 500 milliseconds. So you cannot afford to use this mouse because of the restrictions on the latency side of things. And unfortunately, right now we have these choices and trade-offs across the board. Are we optimizing for precision? Are we optimizing for latency? Are we optimizing for cost? And how do we, or privacy, how do we use these dials basically and what makes sense for a specific use case? And I think companies who are figuring this out either for an industry or broadly as infrastructure, at least in the next five to 10 years, are going to be quite valuable because these tools are necessary. Yeah, no doubt. And no doubt, entropy is going to be a key component into doing this in, in the future. And because you told me that you guys have been doing this since the beginning. You know, there's a lot of hype around you know, like you said, the GPTs, the open AI stuff, the, the all the all the things, right? Um, but you've been doing it since the beginning. How does that fit into your approach? Not connect that with what you are offering to your customers today. We set off to build language models to solve the problem of bad transaction data globally because we thought that was the most scalable approach. Back in the day, it was counterintuitive. Every bank, every neo bank, or solution provider would build more verticalized um, versions of this that would rely on rules, which means you can just do database lookups and follow some rules and get pretty good and rigid answers on most of the cases for these transactions, but constantly miss out on the long tail. So it, it was counterintuitive taking this path a couple of years ago, but we knew that if you want to solve it globally, which we were aiming to do, and for all sorts of use cases from payments to lending, uh, you have to have a human-like understanding. The only way to do that is building a language model. Right now, I think we realize that you can create a data network around financial data only and then train a model on that. And the model itself is a data network because you can constantly query it for data and information. Or you can also have one that is utilizing some of the knowledge from other data sets that are not financial services related, some of these pre-trained models. And the combination of those things is very powerful. 
So we are, like I said, using our stack that we, we've built around more specialized language models. We're trained on financial transactions only. And we're also leveraging large language models that have pre-trained on a wider corpus of data and can do many more things, can generate conversations and text and do analytics, natural language queries, and so on and so forth. Okay, so in, in this space, what is the future looking like for entropy? And you've kind of, you know, I could pick out the things that you've said in our conversation thus far to really put that together, but specifically as it relates to LLMs and, and financial services and, and fintech and, you know, throughout all the, all the buzzwords, right? What is the future for entropy in this space specifically? Our mission to create better financial lives with this technology and the availability of this data stays the same. I think the tools that we have, given all these advances and the aperture of this data, places it can go, the types of use cases it can touch are way bigger right now. And it is very, very exciting. It takes way less effort to utilize the data and make it useful because of these tools than it would ever do before. We think there needs to be, and there is a place for an infrastructure company leveraging this technology that is specifically focused on financial services, that has the intuition, the data sets, the expertise, the framework, and can basically go and solve these problems for this specific vertical use case that financial services are. And we think Entropy is in a fantastic position to become that company for a few reasons. I already mentioned intuition. I think it's really, really underrated. People talk about prompt engineering the whole time and what this means, etc. But to build these models, to train them, to even benchmark them, which is very, very you know, tricky, you need to develop this intuition and it takes time. And I would encourage everyone actually to spend more time with them because you get better as you do, no matter if you're technical or not, depending on the tasks that you're trying to get done. Uh, so, so we have that. We have also assembled a top class team who have been specialized in natural language processing and transformers for years have been working on these problems. I would claim that we are one of the very few companies in the financial services who had such a big focus on the technical side to have these types of people on the team. And obviously data set, we have proprietary, super interesting, very valuable data set that affect all sorts of areas from credit risk and underwriting to you know call center management and customer success at banks, which are for back office costs, but really improve end user experience as well. So I think those, those key components we do have, we have the team, we have the time spent on the intuition, we have the data set. Yeah, we want to make the most out of it. And obviously to enable real products and experiences that are positive to people's lives because this technology is fantastic. I think that sort of end impact, we are still waiting to see. It will take a bit of time, but things are moving quickly. And the productivity gains in numbers, we're still there to see. So we want to be a part of that. It's very exciting. I mean, on, on in your website, you say, you know, an average human takes 100 seconds to understand a financial transaction where your API understands it in milliseconds. And I think it's it's a very correct way to to illustrate the power of your platform. Can you, can you talk about maybe how some current customers are using Entropy today and how, you know, the use your usage of, you know, early usage of LLMs and is is impacting their platforms today. The top 
use case is lending and credit underwriting. This is where if you're trying to give business access to money and capital, which is super important for business growth and survival, you need to know as much as possible about them. And bank data, which is one of our core sources of data in combination with accounting and sales and other sources is uh, a way to build that conviction to be able to underwrite a business and provide them access to capital. So lending is definitely a top use case. Payments are another use case where we're seeing a lot of uptake, being able to have very, very granular information of what a transaction is about to be able to approve or decline it. I think uh, there has been so much development in in the fraud space, specifically related to uh, payments. And I think the long tail of fraud is always hard to catch. And the more you learn, the newer versions of that appear. So I think looking beyond the metadata, which is what the traditional model was, but into the actual context of a transaction really helps. So we've seen that being quite popular. The third probably thing that we're seeing and, and how it's used is just in general, improving the digital banking experience of end users, whether by showing them exactly where they have been shopping and how, and then developing insights on their spend patterns. We're actually about to release an open source, a financial advisor that's been uh, created in combination with our enrichment API plus leveraging GPT-4 for queries. And it's just the perfect example how you can use better data and you can use this text generation or insights to create co-pilots for everyday person who cannot afford to have a private advisor. Loads of cans of worms, loads of issues to solve yet, and we talk about it in the release, but yeah, it's it's very exciting. So we're seeing the traditional PFM use this and next generation PFM will use it to our some of our customers released better versions of the financial advisor actually, and it's been very exciting to follow that journey. Incredibly exciting. Well, it's been really great chatting with you, Nari, about entropy and your use of language models. I think it's it's not only super interesting in how you know latency and cost of training these models factor into how you're doing things. And again, language models, small and large, but also the impact of what you're building and the impact on the space and giving this sort of financial transaction enrichment and so much more at the fingertips of developers. It's really fascinating. I really appreciate you being on the show and explaining all of this. Thank you for having me. I am geeking out on this conversation with Nare. Language models, large and small, are powerful tools to take a lot of data and make sense of it. The team at Entropy has been doing it since the beginning of their inception and taking deep learning beyond the chatbot hype of today. As a reminder, you can learn more about Entropy and get started enriching your fintech transactions today by visiting entropy.com and clicking Start Building. And thanks again for listening.